Life in America, Nana Turi and Nana Silvio's story. Passera, I recall my Italian grandmother, Nana Turi, as we called her, saying, This too shall pass. It was quite simple advice, but it had gotten me through some hard times as I realized that the storm would truly pass. My Nana was exceptional in many ways. She was born in Monaco to Italian parents, where her father was a hotel manager. In the summers, he owned and managed his own business, a pensione, or bed and breakfast, in Aquiterme, Piedmont, Italy. The Mariscotti family had seen tough times and had been through World War II when they hid Jews in their pensione. Nana Michele was always looking out for others, just as Nana did. They were great role models. Nana was always proud of her Monegasque citizenship, and she looked forward to receiving a special letter every year on her birthday. Her citizenship was rare, and it helped her get citizenship in the United States. Turi, or Turida, as she was named Agnese Turida in her Christian name, after the opera, opera Cavalleria Rusticana. Nana loved opera and music and would later share her love of music with my grandfather, Nono Silvio, who was an opera singer. Unfortunately, he was too short and had a slight build due to a childhood illness, so he was not able to continue as an opera singer. Nana grew up speaking French until the age of 15, although they spoke Italian at home. She had one sister, Evis, and her mother, Maria, spoiled the girls, dressing them in the latest fashions from Paris. Maria and Michele hoped for a French suitor for Turi and Evis, but it was not to be. Turi met my Italian grandfather, and Evis married a wealthy Mexican industrialist. My grandparents met in a sweet touch of fate somewhere in the 1920s. Silvio was older and a quiet man, while Turi was outgoing and louder than him. Silvio's family had come to Pension Michel to take the waters and other healing therapies in Aquiterme. Nana's family was quite interesting. Nana Maria had raised 13 children. Many of them were adopted orphans. She was a strong, cigar-smoking woman who knew what she wanted, and Nana Antonio was a strong personality as well. They had immigrated to Argentina, then came back to Italy. Silvia was the youngest of the 13 children. I only met Zia Emilia and Zia Gina and Zia Pina, who lived in Genoa by the seaside. It wasn't love at first sight, but eventually a Silvio's good manners and upbringing caught the eye of Turi. She was a good girl, but enjoyed the wilder side of life, sneaking out to go dancing and smoking with her friends. She smoked her whole life to the age of 96, and often said in her mix in Italian and English, Enjoyo la mia sigaretta! Nonna would live to 96 years old and continue to enjoy her Kent ultralight cigarettes. She credited that to her choice of the ultralight brand. Many years later, she would sit on the patio of her nursing home, smoking and making friends. That was Nonna for you. Once Sylvia and Terry were married, things weren't always easy, but Sylvia managed to start a great career owning a construction company, and Turi worked in her parents' pensione. A son, Emanuele, was born to them in 1932, and later his sister, Luciana, was born on Christmas Eve. Life was good for the Moran family. They lived in a small yet comfortable apartment in Genoa. Life would change drastically for the family once World War II hit, though. Silvia stayed in Genoa to mind the business, while Turi stayed with the kids in Aquiterme, near her parents. Silvio had never learned to drive, so he often rode a bike when the train stopped running. Tempi di guerra, or wartime, was hard on everyone. 
with the frequent bombings and shortages in Italy, it was hardest on the Jews, of course, and the Meriscotti family took pity on the Levy family and hid them in their pensione. Although there were frequent German raids, they were never found and eventually escaped to Switzerland. Post-war was hard on the family. Unfortunately, things took a turn for the worse when Silvio found himself without a job suddenly. His brother, who was his partner, had amassed huge, huge debts, and they found out he had a secret life with several illegitimate children. Turi's parents had died, but they left half of the pensione to her sister, Evis, who took whatever she could get and more. There wasn't enough to live on, so they decided to emigrate to the United States. <clears throat> when they arrived in the U.S., they went to an Italian section of Brooklyn, Bensonhurst. They didn't know what else to do, so they went to work in restaurants, Turi prepping salads and Sylvia working as a cashier. Eventually, they got tired of that and opened their own business, Mamma Turi's Restaurant. It was the quintessential Italian restaurant of the 1950s. Red checkered tablecloths with Chianti at the tables and red sauce on all the dishes. Turi saved her native Piemontese cooking for the weekends. The neighborhood was all Italian and a lot of mafia families would eat there. <clears throat> the FBI would eat at tables next to them. In the beginning, they did not have a liquor license, so they kept wine and Coke bottles. Espresso was served at every meal a dark aromatic concoction with slices of lemon or a touch of Sambuca liqueur. Business was good and the restaurant prospered. In the beginning, they served pizza made Sicilian style in the big hot pizza oven. The kitchen was Turi's domain while Silvio manned the cash register, singing Italian opera and chatting with the guests. They lived a simple life and did well for themselves. They adored and spoiled, spoiled their grandchildren and cooked up a storm on weekends. <clears throat> They took only one vacation a year to Cape May, New Jersey with their daughter Lucci and family. Life was good for these new immigrants. Time passed and then somehow Silvio was in his 80s. He was a quiet man and not especially religious as he never went to church. But before he passed, he saw the Madonna Mary who told him that everything would be all right. The next few years were hard on Turi without Silvio or El Povero Nonna as she called him. Eventually, she moved to Florida with her daughter and made a whole bunch of friends. She lived independently for a long time, but eventually she went to a nursing home near Lucci. She lived until 80, 96 and was friendly and kind to everyone. She always saw the good in people and lived a good life full of hope and love. You couldn't have asked for more. <laughs>